Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome back to the In Awe Podcast and our final episode in the series on community builders. Listeners, I am honored to bring to you a dear friend and major inspiration in my life personally and professionally. If this is the first time you're meeting today's guest, I am giddy for you. And if you already know her, obviously you will love to hear her wisdom today. Bethany Hill serves as lead learner, chief energy officer, and chief storyteller of Central Elementary in Cabot, Arkansas. She has been in education for 18 years in the roles of first, second, and third grade classroom teacher, curriculum coach, assistant principal, and principal. Bethany is the founder of Hashtag Joyful Leaders, a movement on Twitter devoted to trending positivity in the education profession. You can follow her Facebook page, Inspiration for Educators, to receive resources and positivity regarding education. And because I know you're going to want to engage with her, you can go ahead and join the hashtag EduR Twitter chat, which is happens weekly on Thursdays for the state of Arkansas, but everybody is welcome. A really cool part is that Central Elementary, where Bethany serves as lead learner, became the very first Energy Bus for Schools Leadership Journey model campus. And since the summer of 2016, more than 50 schools have joined Central on that bus. Bethany's wisdom and spirit is bolstering to her community. And I am so excited for you to join me in learning about how we too can focus on the positive, find the joys in life and leadership, and understand that we all need support to bring that light everywhere we go. It brings me vibrant joy to amplify for you today, Bethany Hill's Community Builders story. Welcome, Bethany Hill. I am overjoyed to be able to have Bethany featured on the In Awe podcast and specifically in the series on Community Builders. Bethany, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled. Well, if listeners don't know about you, Bethany, I would be super surprised by that. But we have some who are not in the field of education, and they may not know all of the wonderful things about you. So could you just share a little bit about the current context that you're in right now? Sure. Um, I am currently a um, lead learner in a P4 building in central Arkansas. Um, it's a central elementary in Cabot, and um, I have been in this role for five years now. It's my 10th year in administration. I um, was an assistant principal before that and have been an academic coach and have taught grades K through three. So I've been um, in quite a few different roles over the years and in, in wrapping up my 21st year in education. So um, that's kind of where I am right now. And the building that I'm in right now, it has been home for five years. So it's, it's an amazing place. I love how you say lead learner. And I know that uh, when I speak a lot about this in terms of titles, is that something that you intentionally do uh, to, to call yourself a lead learner? And would you like to explain that just a little bit for the listeners? Sure. Um, yes. When I, when I transitioned to um, from AP to principal in a new building, that is um, the title that I attached Um, to my name and I put principal in parentheses, you know, at first, just so people would understand um, that those two things are, are, you know, are interchangeable with as far as my role goes. But um, I really wanted to come in as someone who was learning about the school and the people in it because it was, uh, you know, way different been my, you know, my experiences before. Every building has their own personalities and their own traditions and and things like that. And so I wanted 
to set that tone quickly that I am a I am a learner, and at at that point too, especially probably on a huge learning curve, and um, plan to do a lot of observing and listening and um, talking with other people to you know learn the, the culture of the school and and get to know the people in it. So um, I decided to let that title stick with me because ultimately that was what I wanted to model was a culture, you know, a culture of learning. And I know that the building culture starts with the building principle and the knowledge and skills and dispositions that that person possesses. So I figure if I can model that I'm a constant learner, then kids and families and teachers and staff will hopefully follow suit. It's one of the things that I just love about you. And that's why I'm so grateful that you could explain that to listeners, because looking at the principal role, we all just have so many different preconceived notions about what that looks like. And you just ripped that title right off and said, nope, that's it. We're not going to bring that baggage here. Right. I'm a lead learner. I just love it. It makes me smile. And also just has to have a pretty significant impact on the community that you're building within your school, I would imagine, um, to be able to put yourself in that spot. Yeah, it, it has been um, it has been a challenge to break the the principal mold, you know, because there's such a stereotype associated with the title, um, especially you know toward families and children. Um, you know, I realized quickly that people f- were in fear, you know, of the principal, even even adults you know, who were bringing their children to school, you know, had their experiences with with a principal was the principal was the punisher or the deliverer of bad news, um, you know, things like that. And so I had to be very intentional about presenting my role as something positive and that I will have relationships with all kids, not just the kids who have behavioral issues. And, um, you know, that it took a while because I would make phone calls and they, and on the other side, I would hear, what's wrong, (laughs) you know, and I would have to say, no, 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 everything's fine. You know, I'm just calling to talk about, you know, whoever. So the the culture definitely had to shift. And um, I know all other principals, but they fight that battle too, of being kind of judged for, for having that title attached to the name. So, um, Lead Learner helps a lot, and it took a while for it to spread past the staff. But now my families, you know, will even refer to me as that sometimes. And um, so it's really cool to um, have them look at the principal role in a different perspective. I absolutely love what you've done there. And then also that it's kind of spread further than that. Since we're on the series on community building, I came to you through social media and the community that you have built, Bethany, is so wonderful because it's working to change mindsets on a lot of different levels. So I'm certain that this lead learner concept is one mindset, but you've brought to other people through the community building and connections that you've had on social media. Do you just want to share with the listeners this um, hashtag joyful leaders and kind of the evolution of, of that and how you built it and how you sustain it. And just to share a little bit more about that lovely community that you've built of like-minded people who want to come together and be joyful. Joyful Leaders has brought so much value into my world and and it never really was intended for it to become public. I, it just started as a journal entry um, and I drew like I I drew a symbol and just wrote hashtag joyful leaders in the middle of the symbol. And we was just scribbling literally one day. And I started um, to think about 
you know, ha- what that really means, you know, kind of mulled over it for a couple of months. And, and before I knew it, I was blogging about it and pushed the blog post out and kind of just meant it to be something that represents me. But um, what happened was that it became something that other people started using. And then I started to encourage that. And, and, and before, I mean, within a few months, it just kind of grew into something that lots of people used in their world, you know, to either contribute to or to get something out of. And so it, every day I go look at it. Not a day goes by that I don't scroll through the feed. And, I, and I'll always, almost every day, see someone new that I haven't ever connected with before. And so I, I just, it's so rewarding to see how it's spread over the last three years. I couldn't be happier about that because it was never really uh, my intention. It just kind of happened. <laughs> um, but I've met a lot of people through that. And um, some of the, the people in my inner circle, PLN, are people who began to use that hashtag without me even knowing who they were, you know, without being connected any other way. So it has just been incredible. And and I hope that it continues to influence and to help others feel, you know, in a world of negativity and in a world mm-hmm. of in a society where public education is not valued, for them to be able to go and look at what others are doing in their school and to look for inspiration and reasons to keep pressing forward and um, going against the grain a little bit with joy and how to keep that level of joy um, without the negativity squelching it. I just love so much that you that you ended with that. And, and um, by the way, three years, that's when it started. It's only been in there for three years. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's been about two and a half years. Um, it came about in like in December a couple of years ago, right before Christmas, I pushed it out. It, every day, it just gets a little bit bigger and grows. So it's it's pretty amazing. Well, it's meant uh, actually kind of the world to me. I'll, I'll tell you that, Bethany, because <laughs> that's how you and I connected was through that hashtag. And I would say that for me, it, just finding a community that you've built that can affirm that being a joyful leader is okay. <laughs> it's It sounds kind of funny for people who are like-minded like this that, you know, yeah, I'm going to find the joy in every situation. It's not every aspect of education is easy and not every aspect, especially of leadership is joyful. But if we can find the light and the joy in it, then than it is. And I know that for me as a leader, I was called to question on that um, in the context of my world. Like, mm-hmm. how can you be so, how can you always be smiling? It's got to be fake. I mean, I was literally told that. And so <laughs> seeing that uh, you built this community with that exact hashtag that showed me and affirmed for me that I'm not the only one, you know, I'm not the only one that's experienced that kind of backlash for who I am as how I've been made. And so I, you want to share some experiences like that? I mean, you is that part of what you value in this community? Absolutely. You know, people who who tend to see the positive in, in everything. Um, it doesn't mean that we don't have negative thoughts or negative feelings um, and even express things, um, you know, that we're feeling in a negative way. It's not that our attitude never needs to be in check. You know, it, it just, it means that, um, you know, that we we really are intentional in finding the good in people and in situations. And so um, I, I have... <laughs> 
I found myself under, you know, judgment by, by people in the past who, you know, say that I'm too happy or too um, excited, you know, and um, that I needed to bring it down a notch and not be so out there, um, things like that. And so it, it, you know, it's hurtful some, sometimes when people judge you and, um, based on how happy you are, but it, it's out there, you know, and, um, you know, I don't really see it anymore because I think I just, you know, taught myself not to, to allow that to infiltrate my world, you know, but, um, early on in my career of leadership, it really was something that I struggled to push up to the side. And I worried about what, you know, what other people thought about, you know, maybe a a post on social media or a way that I had expressed myself. And um, I have a, I have an advocacy um, side of me that it can get very passionate about particular topics. And so that will cause people to push back, you know, when you have those strong opinions. And I think I've learned to use that in a positive way instead of, it being an attack, you know, because it could definitely be seen as that sometimes, but it's all about how we, you know, how we reframe that per- that person, um, that person's response in our mind and understand that everyone's entitled to their perspective and that we can still have discourse that, you know, doesn't necessarily uh, meet in the middle, but we need those people too, um, to challenge ourselves to, to remain positive and even the worst situations. So, um, I, I slip, I, you know, I, <laughs> I fall down sometimes and that's why I've, um, surrounded myself with people who I know are going to be there to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. You are way better. You are way bigger than this. You know, you, your attitude can get, can get through this. Your positivity can, can get you through whatever you're facing. And so it's a huge part about who your circle is for sure. And I love that you've built a community of people who do support you. And I really appreciate your vulnerability in stating just because I am this leader of the joyful leader hashtag doesn't mean that every moment is well, let's just use the words that people use. It's not rose colored, right? <laughs> You're not looking at the world right. through rose colored glasses. Exactly. You know, there's a reality there that everybody faces, but you are taking up the charge to unite people and also to influence others because we only get one life. Why not be joyful about it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I always, you know, I mean, I there are certain, you know, issues in education that are going to be controversial, you know, always, you know, that's how our society is. And, and sometimes it takes some, some courage to speak, you know, speak your, your um, peace or, you know, your, um, your thinking, because you know, it's going to be quite different than that of others. And so, and there's a time to speak up and a time to, you know, just listen, of course, but, um, I think when you have the outlook on leadership that I will intentionally impact people today, whether that's kids or, you know, someone in the car rider line or um, someone on social media, you know, um, if we if we keep that frame of mind, then um, it strengthens our voice 
to advocate when we need to and to draw our line in the sand when we know that our core beliefs are being challenged and but to also listen to other people who are challenging our beliefs, you know, and get and try to see that perspective at the same time. So uh, it really helps to have that frame of mind, but also the Joyful Leaders hashtag has provided accountability for me to remain that way and to not slip as much as I normally do. So, and to rely on people when it, when I do feel myself slipping, because I am a very independent person and always have been, and and it's hard for me to ask for help sometimes, but, um, especially if it's a, you know, an emotional support. So, um, it's helped me grow a lot in who I am personally. I appreciate too, that there's such a depth to your reflection, which just shows me that you were meant to be the leader of this community um, because you can take the beautiful pieces of it, like the bolstering and the affirmations, but you can also say that this is a level of accountability for who we all need to be, whether it's March or um, <laughs> or August in the school year, because that makes a big difference, right? Um, but also I love and appreciate so much how you say, you know, my general disposition as a leader impacts how others will see their job in the day-to-day grind. And that also, I think what you were referencing, and if I say it a little bit differently, is that when you put the deposit in the bank account of people around you in this positive way, that when it needs to come to the hard stuff, to the radical candor discussions, that those can be received in a place of respect because we know that we've been intentional about treating people as if they matter all along. And so when our opinions clash, they still matter. Those people still matter because we're still leading with heart. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, when in, in leadership comes diversity and um, conflict. You know, we, we wouldn't move forward if we didn't have those things. I, I mean, adversity. Sorry, I said diversity. That's part of it, too, though. It sure is. I was thinking they both work. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, but we're, we're going to face challenges on a continual basis as as leaders. And so, you know, when people know where you're coming from and, and they know it's an authentic place, we can have those those difficult and comfortable conversations way easier, even though it's never going to be easy. But it can it can come from a place of of care and support um, and not judgment or ridicule. Um, so it's it, it's more about growth, you know, when you have that um, that relational piece going on and when people know where your heart is. So I, I think the more transparent someone can be about um, how they lead, the, the more people will see who they really are. And sometimes that can be a negative thing, you know, if it's a different type of leadership that um, doesn't empower others and doesn't include others. The transparency piece is huge because when people see your heart and they know that your heart is in the right place and that you have the best intentions, then um, that's where our influence can really really take off within others because we know that we're growing together, we're moving forward together, and there's not a place for judgment of the need for support. So um, that's huge. And I've learned that about myself over the years as well. I think that comes through really well with your with the community that you've built with the hashtag joyful leaders, because whenever, whenever I get the pleasure and the opportunity to engage with that, it seems like there's just 
a really cool message coming through that, you know, nobody's perfect here, but we're going to continue to be our best and lead with our best. And I think the other thing that I felt from your community, Bethany, that I want to make sure that listeners here, if they haven't engaged, is just that it, the joyful leaders hashtag reminds me that not everybody is called to leadership and that when we are, we have to be reminded that it's a gift, (laughs) you know? And so with the good and the bad and the struggles and the challenges and the joy, all of it is mixed up. But that community always through my hardest times reminded me that not everybody is called to this. And I need to remember to uh, be that joyful leader in all circumstances. And so that I just appreciate that message that kind of bleeds out from that community and the people who engage with it that you've built. It's really important. Well, thank you. Yeah, I um, I have I have learned way more from the people who contribute to Joyful Leaders than um, than they have learned from from me. I know that um, be, because there are just hundreds of people who contribute on a regular basis. And then we have the occasional people who pop in too, you know, that maybe um, I can imagine um, follow the hashtag, but, but some, but just haven't found that, you know, confidence to um, contribute as much, but it's really cool to see um, that development in people who start out quiet, but um, they may like certain posts or retweet, but then start to find their voice and feel, um, that they are a contributor as well. And so um, that's, that's to me is so important. And there's a lot of transparency and vulnerability in the hashtag too, which is so powerful. You know, um, it, there are people who put things in there that aren't just the positive and happy things. And so I think that sends a message too that, you know, joyful leadership is not just about constantly, you know, being upbeat and, you know, playing music everywhere you go and <laughs> and having rainbows <laughs> and sunshine over you. You know, it's not it's not that, but um, it's it's how really joyful leadership is all about how we handle things in the most challenging times, you know, and that's professionally mm-hmm. and personally, too. So I, I feel like my personal self um, has developed even more so than my professional self over the last few years because of the people who contribute that my own development in that sense. Um, And so I've never felt more whole, you know, in my, in my whole life as I have the last few years. And um, because I definitely invested a lot more in my professional self than I did my personal self. And so I'm starting to learn that, you know, that balance is so necessary and, Sarah, you're definitely one of those people who have influenced me heavily in that area um, as an accountability partner. And so that's important because we need those people in our world who will check in and say, hey, you know, are you all right? (laughs) You have a lot going on. Or do you have too much on your plate right now? Maybe you need to look at some balance. And so um, to have those accountability people is so important. And um, I have found you in that. I have found LaVonna Roth as a a really great accountability person too. And um, so many more. 
I hope other people feel that from the joyful leaders hashtag, you know, that they found a few people that they can get in their, in their smaller circle, you know, within their, their professional learning community and, um, and to develop those relationships with. Well, I love that you point out, you know, you're a community builder, but that you still need your own, your small community. And you're also more than just that hashtag, um, because, and by the way, if we were able to do this on video, you would have just seen me with the biggest smile on my face because I'm just, you know, I'm so thankful for the impact that you've had, you know, on my own life and my own leadership. But being able to connect with you has been one of the greatest joys of my life. And so just wanted to mention that to you, Bethany, that it really mattered um, to me at a time in a space where I needed to meet you personally, that you were there. And I'm just so thankful mm-hmm. all the time for that connection. But I also think that, you know, I want the listeners to hear about you mentioned that there's a little side of advocacy to you. And there are a couple of things that I just think are so cool uh, that you are so much out there. When I think of you, I of course think about the hashtag joyful leaders, but I also think about your investment in um, this idea of trauma in our schools and our children and how we handle those um, situations. And so I don't know, would you want to share just a little bit about that passion with with the listeners? Oh, definitely. It's something I could talk about all day. And I'm definitely not an expert. I consider myself um, a huge learner in this in this area. But as I've um, researched and um, studied and just read and watched things um, that relate to um, trauma-informed practices, I have become so passionate about the need um for school leaders everywhere, whether that's a classroom teacher or an administrator, a counselor, anyone who works with children, ultimately even outside of the school dis- school district setting, um, to become tra- more trauma informed because it's the practices are great for all kids and for all adults too, um, because we all are going to go through something at some point, and um, no one is probably going to live a life without experiencing some level of trauma. And so that could, in our kids, it could be something like a split family situation, a divorce, you know, which sometimes we don't consider to be a trauma because we think of the big things like, you know, like sexual abuse or abandonment or um, a horrible life-changing accident or something like that, which those are huge traumas. But we also have have, uh, you know, other forms of trauma that have become so normal in our society that we sometimes don't view them as a trauma. And so um, when, when we change that perspective, and I know when I shifted my perspective and looked at how many kids in, in my school setting have experienced some level of trauma, it's, it's a huge percentage. It's, it's more than not. The way that I look at some kids, you know, knowing what they're coming to school from is heartbreaking, but at the same time, it's so, uh, um, it's just, it just challenges me to help that child see the potential in themselves and help the family see the potential within the child um, to build that future story. Because it's definitely can be an explanation for particular behaviors that we see, for specific academic um, deficits that we may see, but it's not an excuse for what they can become. And so that's where we have to really look and um, 
and invest in those kids in a different way um, because they're they're going to need a different path sometimes than um, children who don't have as many challenges and haven't faced as much of uh, adversity. So um, it, it's directly related to academic achievement, just like poverty is. And so it can't, we can't ignore it. We have to embrace that part of the, the child and the family and know that it's going to take a different level of investment than it, than it would otherwise. And so it, um, you know, if we want to get those kids to where they feel they can be successful and do something to contribute in the, you know, in their society, it's it's going to take a lot different. It's going to take different approaches, you know. Um, and so the more we know, the more empowered we can be to support those situations when they come to us. I'm so glad that you spoke about that. And we can tell that your passion is so centered there. And I wanted to make sure that you got a chance to do that because that's another space where your voice is, is bolstering for leaders. You know, when, when we come faced with all of the different priorities in a school setting, you know, that we all come from such different you know, school backgrounds, demographics, but we all share, like you stated, you know, we all share student populations with traumas. So it's definitely something that, you know, we, we need to learn more and more about. And I always think anytime I've ever seen you put something out, Bethany, it always reminded me that I, I love that there's a champion out there that's working with elementary level students. And then I would, you know, um, engage with students at the high school level and just always have a great reminder that I'm coming at their story at a different point. I can still have an impact in their lives. You know, and it really, really mattered. I always think about when you put out, there's such a powerful message that you have with the backpack piece that you've shared more than once about how we all come in with with things in our backpack. And it's not just the students, it's the adults in the building too. So just that level of self-awareness is so critical. I would like to talk to you all day long, but I'm going to go ahead and ask some standard questions that we get on the In Awe podcast. And one of them is inspired by Nicole Norderman's Dear Me, where she writes a letter to herself. So I'm just curious if you had an opportunity to write a letter to yourself that you could read at any age or stage, what is it that you would say? Oh my goodness. What a great question. I know exactly what I would say to my younger self um, when I was actually my childhood from the time I was six and until about 16, because um, those years I grew up, a, you know, in poverty and um, had a, a very loving raising as far as um, nurturing and supporting my parents were amazing. And um, so they always empowered me to feel like I could do anything. Um, but I, I think I spent so much of my childhood looking so far into the future that I often missed out on just being a kid. And so um, I would definitely, if I could go back in time to any part of, of my life, I would pick those very um, innocent childhood years where um, I took a lot for granted. And, and was constantly just looking ahead to see, you know, what am I going to be when I grow up? What am I going to college? What am I going to do to earn money? And um, and I was very focused on that just because I didn't want to live the way um, I didn't want to have a family um, as an adult and live struggle, you know, from paycheck to paycheck like like I grew up having to do. And so. Um, you know, I, I would definitely revisit that part of my world and the advice 
would be, you know, to just be a kid, <laughs> you know, enjoy the childhood and, and try not to worry about things that are grown up things. So um, I've, I've really tried to foster that in my own children because I, I had a constant anxiety as a kid, you know, of worrying what's next, what's next for my family, what's next, what if we don't have money for this or that. And, um, you know, it's money is, is not everything for sure, but it is a stressor for so many families. And, and I grew up, you know, constantly thinking about way, way bigger problems than I should have been thinking about as a child. So I, I, I grew up I made myself grow up probably a little too fast. And that is definitely a regret that I have. Mm, well, and certainly a relatable one. And it's really interesting, too, to think about how that might really be kind of a beautiful way that you inform how you work with students, whether you realize that or not. So thank you for sharing that. If you, if there's a person listening that's sitting in a pit of fear or doubt and they need to hear Bethany's words right now to bolster them out of that for whatever reason, what, what would you say to that person? The first thing that, that I tend to look, you know, toward in my world is, is my faith. And, um, you know, and so for, for other Christian educators, that's the first thing that, that that's the first piece, first piece of advice I would ever, you know, say is to, is to look, look, look up, you know, and, um, and consider what can you be thankful for and what your current reality is and, and what do you want to change? Once you, um, prioritize those things, then some things that really, really stress us, you know, um, become a lot more clear and don't seem as huge. We face really, really tough things as educators. And then we have to face our own personal problems too that come up in, in our world. So to, to balance that, you know, that's the way I, you know, I have to approach things. And then secondly, that inner circle, you know, of people that you can surround yourself with to, to encourage, but to also pull you out of the pity party, you know, when, when it starts to happen, because we can have a little pity moment that when we make, when we have a full blown party with, <laughs> you know, with it, with all the bells and whistles, then we, we tend to get stuck there and we don't want to leave our pity party. So sometimes it takes someone else to pull us out of that, you know, and to um, remind us of the strength that we have within and the disposition that it takes to push forward through that. I love that you took that pit of fear and turned it into a, a little pit into a pity party. That just made me smile. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, great advice. Okay, so a couple of inspiring recommendations before we let you get back to other things. One is, is there a person that you think we should connect with on social media? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> Um, I would, I would say if, if people aren't connected with you, then that's definitely a problem because um, you, you bring so much light, um, into the social media world. And, and now, I mean, into me personally, because I know you be on social media, Sean Gallard is one of my favorite people on the planet. And, um, he is, you know, the founder of Celebrate Monday and he is, um, the author of The Pepper Effect, and he is an amazing principal in person. So I would suggest 
that if if someone out there is not connected with him to find him quickly because he is one of the people in my inner circle who constantly reminds me um, of the strength that I have within me and the difference that I'm making and sometimes we just need people to, to you know to bring that to the forefront because it gets you know it can really it can really be clouded sometimes when especially when you're under adversity or, um, you know, there's just a a huge challenge ahead. It's hard for us sometimes to see our own place and it takes that accountability person to, to bring that to the surface again. So he would be my one person to definitely, it's non-negotiable. You have to be connected. I was hoping you were going to reference him. Um, I still remember when we were trying to figure out, I was like, I am going to meet Bethany Hill and I'm going to hug her neck this last summer. And one of the things that you had going on was meeting Sean in person for the first time. So I'll never forget that because I was just thinking the two of you connected again, huge impact on kind of changing the mindsets and at least exploring that concept of, like you said, hashtag celebrate Monday, this idea that, you know, Mondays are, our, there are days in education to bring it. So I just love the two of you connected and thank you for recommending him. So good. Absolutely. He's a special guy. He sure is. And he's been recommended on this podcast more than once. Um, So if you have not checked out Sean and his podcast, Principal Liner Notes, you better get on that, ladies and gentlemen, because this is about the third or fourth time he's been recommended on my podcast, which is exciting. So how about um, a book that you would recommend, Bethany? The Essential Truths for Teachers and the Essential Truths for Principals by Danny Steele and Todd Whitaker. They both are a must-have. I think from this point on, if I was ever going to gift a new teacher with a tool, it would be that book and a new principal the same. Um, I've already given the the principal book as a gift to a friend, and I think it's one that can spread quickly because it's one of those. Um, both books are kind of like a um, like almost like a devotional would be. Like you will go back to it and look at certain certain pages or certain sections of it just to get that um, jump start or a reboot because that's that's the kind of book it was written to be. It's not one of those that you read one time and you put it back on the shelf. Awesome. Um, well, we will definitely link those uh, in the show notes so that listeners can get a hold of those treasures as well. Bethany, I just have enjoyed so much having you on the podcast. And is there a way that the listeners should get in touch with you, which of course I'll link, but do you want to let them know the best way to reach you? Always on Twitter. I love to connect with new people. I have a Facebook page called Inspiration for Educators, and I love to interact with people on there as well and, and try to push out a lot of different information that I come across. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn. Love to connect with people there too. And um, Instagram, Bethany Hill one. Awesome. Well, I will be sure to link all of that up in the show notes so everybody can connect with you in the way that works best for them. And Bethany, I just want to thank you so much from the very bottom of my heart for coming on the podcast and just sharing your light and expanding this community because no doubt people will be joining that community after they've heard this. And thank you so much for this awe-inspiring interview. Thank you, Sarah. And I look forward to connecting with new people. I'll be watching to see new faces pop up in Joyful Leaders. When we engage with a community, we become so much better than when we try to go life alone. Thank you for amplifying each voice in the Community Builder series by sharing, rating, and reviewing episodes. Thank you also for lifting their voices to help messages land where they need to and for being an important part of this awe-inspiring community.